Welcome to FS Air, the weekly teaching content of Forest Students, brought to you over the airwaves. As a Christian, get ready to be the bad guy. Get ready to be the bad guy at school. Get ready to be the bad guy on your team. Get ready to be the bad guy at work. Get ready to be the bad guy in college. Get ready to be the bad guy in the eyes of our world and in the captions of social media. Get ready to have your Christian views not just disagreed with, but labeled dangerous. Get ready to be called not just wrong, but hateful. Holding to Christian morals is no longer being viewed as an alternate viewpoint, but an inhuman viewpoint, maybe even a subhuman viewpoint. If you think I'm being dramatic, listen to these stories. A Christian doctor by the name of David Macareth from England lost his job in 2019 because he refused to use the preferred female pronouns of a male patient at his practice. A manager asked Dr. Macareth if he would address this man as she and Mrs. He replied, as a Christian, I would not be able to accede to such a request in good conscience. The British Department for Work and Pensions, known as the DWP, removed him from his job shortly after. He took this matter to court and he lost. A panel ruled his Christian view of male and female as, quote, incompatible with human dignity. In other words, David Macareth not only had a wrong viewpoint, but an inhumane one. He ended up losing this lawsuit. Earlier in 2022, in Finland, a member of their parliament, Dr. Paivi Rasanen, was taken to court for comments that she had made during her career as a doctor and a politician. She had written a pamphlet in 2004 supporting the Bible's view on sexuality and marriage, critical and discouraging of homosexuality. And in 2019, she sent out a tweet critical of her Finnish church for joining with an LGBT activist group in Helsinki. She wrote, The church of which I am a member has stated that it is a partner of Pride 2019. What about the church's doctrine is compatible with bringing shame and sin into pride? And she included a screenshot of Romans chapter 1 verses 24 and 25. The Finnish court is currently hearing her case. If she is found guilty of hate speech against homosexuals, she could be faced with two years of prison, a heavy fine, and the erasing of her documents and publications written on the issue of homosexuality. You might be thinking, okay, well, that's Europe, but in America, we're still free. Listen to this headline from recently. University orders Christian grad student to have no contact with students who disagree with her viewpoint. Maggie DeJong, who is a third-year master's student at Southern Illinois University, recently received an email from the school's administration ordering her to have no contact with three other students in her program. The school explained this ruling. This came upon information and belief that interactions between yourself and the other students would not be welcome or appropriate at this time. Now, she had previously had conversations with these three students about her beliefs and shared about the reasons that she believes in Jesus. 
She also had previously been singled out and criticized by professors and fellow students for her Christian faith. She was even told that, quote, her beliefs are wrong, insensitive, and contrary to the values of her master's program. She has submitted a letter from her lawyers to the college stating that their actions violate her First Amendment right to freedom of speech and freedom of religion. If they want to avoid a lawsuit, she is asking that the college reverses the no-contact orders against her. So as a Christian, get ready to be the bad guy. Now, we are uniquely blessed to live in a part of our country, even a part of Virginia, that is comfortable with Christianity. You probably aren't going to face something as severe as this at your school or your job here in Lynchburg. But don't be fooled. Going to college, moving to a big city, even just living in a neighborhood somewhere else, you might just get a feel that you are not the good guy or good girl you think you are, or not even just another guy or just another girl, but because you're a Christian, you are a bad guy for what you believe. In the series ahead, we're going to chart the waters of some hot button issues in our world today that may just get you in trouble if you stick to what Jesus says and what the Bible teaches. Issues like homosexuality, transgenderism, abortion, alcohol, racism, These are sharp divides in our culture that don't take too kindly to hearing what Christians think. This is why this series is called Lone Voices, because we as Christians are becoming the lone voices in our world, speaking the truth about who God is, what he wants, and how he has designed for us to flourish as men and women. And sometimes when we're the lone voices, we also become the bad guys. So let's talk about that. Here's what the world says. The world says God and religion are oppressive and restrict people from becoming their authentic selves. We live in a world that eagerly throws off external authority. We don't want people telling us what we can and can't do. In fact, it hurts us mentally and emotionally if we're restricted in what we can do and who we are. Everyone needs and deserves the chance to become their most authentic self. Nobody should get in your way. And if they do, they're dangerous. And maybe even using God or religion to restrict what you want to do and who you want to be. John Benton said that authenticity is the buzzword in today's culture. Authenticity is being unashamed of one's own desires and acting on them. So fulfilling yourself and doing what you want is the highest good. And no one should stop you. Because after all, you're just being your deeper and truer self. It doesn't matter how anyone else feels, only about how you feel. Our world buys into a gospel of authenticity. The bad news is that you and I were born into a repressive mold. We grew up with parents who told us how to be one way, went to a church that told us how to act one way, lived in a bubble where people only did things one way. That's the bad news. But in the gospel of authenticity, the good news is that you can now determine your own identity. You can be whoever you want to be. So you should liberate yourself from God and religion that confines you. And you should even work against God and religion because it confines and restricts and even hurts other people who are just trying to be themselves. This is where believing in a God who has created us to live in a certain way and not live in other ways, a God who will hold you and me accountable for our personal sin This is what will get you labeled as a bad guy. You and I as Christians are holding people up. 
we are holding people back. But before you despair that someone would call you bad for being a Christian, sit back and listen to God's perspective on what truly happens when people throw off God's designs for life. Ephesians 4, 18 through 19 says, those without God are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. Did you notice that progression? No God, no understanding, no life, hard heart, given over to sexual sin and impurity with a desire for more and more. What's the scariest part about this verse? It's that rejecting God's authority in our lives leads us to sin that is insatiable. No amount of sex, gender expression, and political activism will give godless people what they truly want. When people reject God's authority in their lives and replace with their own authenticity, it creates a black hole that will never be satisfied. This is what nobody is telling the culture at large about this push for individualism and authenticity. It doesn't satisfy. Here's what they're not telling you. Trading God's authority for individual autonomy never satisfies. We often hear stories of coming out gender transitions, and new identities being celebrated and praised. And why wouldn't they be? If the best thing for people is to become their truest selves, then of course we should celebrate it. Mental illness will decline. Happiness will explode. Suicide rates will be non-existent. In Australia, gender transitioning is presented freely in schools as a way to combat bullying and mental health problems. One professor named Roz Ward celebrated this development and said, I will never give up fighting for a more free and joyful world. And who doesn't want a free and joyful world? But the million dollar question is, is that where authenticity and autonomy lead us? A study just came out in Australia, the same country where gender transitioning is being hailed as free and joyful, that was unable to find evidence that the suicide rate declined in those who chose to change genders. A study in Sweden followed transgender individuals for 30 years after their surgeries and found out that from year 10 to year 15 after changing genders, the suicide rate jumped to 20 times the national average. In following the world's lead on the topics that we're about to cover in the lessons ahead, if that leads to greater happiness, greater freedom, lasting satisfaction, then why do we have stories like this that crop up over and over again? Why do we have this surge in our culture of being ourselves and also have this surge in our culture of depression and anxiety? One author, Stephen McAlpine, put it this way. There is a grimacing skull lurking behind the culture's wide, authentic smile. Death, not life, lies there. It is ironic but inevitable that the cultural story cannot be fully authentic in its authenticity Inconvenient truths must be hidden if this cultural story is to trump other gospels. There is a better way forward here. Not falling prey to the gospel of authenticity, but clinging to the gospel of Christ. The good news is that though we are broken humans and our hope will never come from the black hole of authenticity, it can come from the bright light of knowing God 
and entrusting ourselves to him no matter the cost. First Peter 4, 12 through 19 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what's good. There's a lot in those verses that we could unpack, but here's the summary of that verse in one sentence. Christians will be the bad guys because it happened to Jesus first. So don't lose heart or fall away, but be the most Christ-like bad guy you can be. Let me read that one more time. Christians will be the bad guys because it happened to Jesus first. So don't lose heart or fall away, but be the most Christ-like bad guy you can be. This is where we live as Christians. We follow the pattern of Jesus's life when he was on earth. Think about it. God himself came down to us to show us who he is, teach us what he requires and proclaim the good news that by his grace, we can be forgiven of our sins. And we killed him. We mocked him. We scorned him. We beat him. We even nailed him to a wooden cross. Jesus died like a bad guy, even though he did nothing wrong. But by his death and resurrection, Jesus flipped the script. Though he died the death of a bad guy, he rose victorious to prove he was the good guy. And if we trust him, our future will be the same. In life now, we will find ourselves being the lone voices, being the bad guys on these issues that we're about to cover. But the encouragement of 1 Peter 4 is that we don't lose heart or fall away. But we who suffer these things, just for a little while, entrust ourselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Let's let Jesus settle the scores when he returns. For now, be the most Christ-like bad guy you can be. And we will learn just how to do that in these sessions ahead. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check out the episode description for discussion questions and additional Bible reading to do with your family, your friends, or your small group. And make sure to check back again soon for more content. We'll see you next time.